Welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and today I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Laura Schuch-Guzman. Today, we thought we would talk a little bit about the changes that are happening in the world. And, you know, Laura and I were chatting and we really feel like there's a crack. (laughs) There's a crack that's opening and there's some light coming through that crack. And we can talk about some of that in just a second. But I feel like what what we really want to share, what we really want to talk about is it's going to take us breaking that crack wide open for real change to happen. And I think it, you know, sometimes when we have a crack, when we have an opportunity, when we have this this moment where we can create real change, sometimes we go back to sleep or we get complacent again or we go back to what was normal. And we really want to talk about how this is the time for real change. What do you think, Laura? Yes. Uh, you know, I think it is a human tendency that when there's a crack, we want to just put it right back. We want to heal it. We want to put a Band-Aid on it. It makes us uncomfortable, you know, to have something cracking open, to have something changing, especially when we don't know what's underneath, like what is going to happen once something opens wide and a new consciousness emerges or a new structure. And it is a really interesting time in history in which we're navigating. I don't know about you, Sonia, but like across the board in all the different conversations, I'm seeing kind of a balance, different themes, either uncertainty, discomfort with all of that, a lot of uh, completely rethinking and reimagining. And then on this other side, a lot of optimism and hope about that, you know, so there's this fear and discomfort and changing. And then there's this optimism and this hope. And I personally spend a lot of time talking to the people that are hopeful. That's my kind of natural inclination I think as a trauma therapist as well, is that I am always looking towards like, what is coming from this pain? What is the beauty? What's the light that's going to come from this pain and from this darkness? Yeah. And you know what is so interesting? I mean, I think what we're looking at, and I I like the framework of looking at it as a crack, because what we're cracking is our illusion, right? What we're cracking is the ways that the, the pretty veneer that we've kept above all of this inequality, all of this racism, all of this sexism, all of the ways we've denied the rights of so many people, right? It's like, yeah, there's this really interesting thing that we've glossed over. And now there's like a crack to truth, right? And it's uncomfortable truth. And it's wounded truth. And it's painful truth for all of us, right? And I think, you know, it's such a beautiful and amazing opportunity. And I think it also builds our resilience to be more willing to look at truth, be more willing to stop glossing over things, you know, more willing to not stay numb and to really embrace what's happening in our lives, what's happening in the world. And I, yeah, I guess to be more aware. And that's why I think this is such a great opportunity because that's where I, where I see that crack is that it's really a crack in the illusion. And you know, in so many ways, right? In in the illusion of our, it's, you know, I, I, this year has just been so mind-blowing because, you know, it started with coronavirus 
and looking at like the cracks in our security, right? Or in our like ability to, I don't know, just go about our day and not worry about getting sick or not worrying about a surge in hospitalizations or not worrying about dying or, you know, like that was sort of like our first crack. And then all this racism that we're having to really acknowledge now and the white privilege that we get the opportunity to finally own. And, you know, all of these ways we've contributed to inequality. And then like Laura and I were talking earlier about the women in the world that have really stepped into leadership positions and, you know, looking at how they've handled COVID. So you have like, you know, the New Zealand leader and you have the Germany leader and you have like these countries with women at the helm have done so much better than the countries with men at the helm. And so that's this really interesting crack. And so we've got all this stuff happening, I think, to to really bring more awareness but we have to continue to break it open. We can't just try to soothe it again. I love that you said, you know, Laura, the, the Band-Aid. We can't just put a Band-Aid over it and pretend that the crack isn't there. We need to break it all down. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is, the power is in what you just said. We need to break it. That means we have choice. And people are feeling really out of control right now of course, right? We're feeling very uncertain and out of control. But what I would invite people to consider is the control in your ability to respond and to shift your mindset and look for the light coming into the crack versus just being completely focused on the messiness or feeling like the crack is is scary. You know, we have that ability to choose our approach. What's our mindset? What? How are we going to frame this experience for ourselves? And I think for all of those that are really struggling with anxiety, and you know, just remembering this is what I teach my clients that, that are struggling with anxiety is at some point you do accept that any type of control is an illusion. Like we don't really have as much control as we think, but we have more control than we realize in certain aspects of how we perceive the world, the actions that we take, what we look for. Do we look for the light? Are we constantly sourcing that information and looking for the possibilities? Or are we ignoring those pieces and just be like, oh, there's the, nope, there's the darkness. There's the darkness. There's the darkness. So we do have the ability to sit in our present experience of things and look for the light coming in or what is being illuminated, what is being cracked open that will allow us to see new structures emerge, new leadership emerge. And yes, it's going to be a bit scary because it's the unknown, but nothing ever happens out of comfort. You know, it takes discomfort to create change. That's right. That's right. I love that. And I think, you know, we can look at this on such a micro and macro level, you know, because like there's big cracks opening in the world and there's cracks opening in ourselves. And, you know, my sort of theory philosophy is always start with yourself and then you can work on the world. But, you know, it starts with looking at what cracks are open for us. You know, what is shifting and changing? I mean, I don't know about all of you listening, but I know for myself, I feel like my whole brain and body and being has like had to reshuffle, resort itself. Like everything was kind of like thrown up in the air and like, oh my gosh, all this stuff I became aware of, all this stuff I woke up to in myself, all this work I had to do. And I've had to spend weeks and weeks to just reshuffle, to resort, to put things into a new place because they're definitely not back in the old place. 
And I think, you know, that's kind of where we can start. We can embrace the ways that we're cracking open. We can let go of the identities and the the ideas we have that were illusion. We can start to embrace what is, start accepting what is, start owning what is, and find so much more freedom in that, so much more truth in that. And I think that's really where we start. You know, in all this change and all this chaos and all this uncertainty, we can find certainty in ourselves. But it takes that that willingness and that commitment to doing the work, to looking at ourselves, to you know, reshuffling what we're experiencing. And it can't be done by just bypassing or just walking past everything that's happening in you. It has to be done through thorough introspection. Yes, yes. It's making me reflect upon a conversation that I recently had when, when, like, as we're talking about the importance of having the self-agency to make the change or to to see the, the perception about the light coming in. My daughter, as Sonia and I both have um, emerging adults, um, my daughter is <laughs> 18 and will be heading off to college in the fall. And then of course, everything with their educational system is another interesting crack. We've all known that we've need ed- needed educational reform. So here it is, people, here it is. Um, so the way that we're looking at learning and she has the choice of whether she wants to go ahead and move or just stay home because classes will most likely be virtual for a semester. And she's trying to make all these decisions. And I realized as a mom, I was struggling a little bit on how to guide her because of course I had the mama bear in me that just wants to say, well, stay home as long as possible until we know it's safe and you're fine and just work from your room. And that's really comfortable for me that you're just there on your computer working virtually (laughs) and we don't have to move you across and to a new country because she's actually going to be going to Canada. So That was the mama bear in me, but the woman in me that remembered what it was like to be 18 and now has learned a lot about making those choices about what's best and coming from a place that's really about that self-agency, like what is it that I have control over? I realized I had the advice that I wanted to share. So I went to her room and I knocked on her door and I said, can I just tell you one little piece of advice? And I just, I'll drop that. And then you're going to need to make this decision. And she's like, okay, mom, what is it? And I said, I'd like you to get really, really clear, like meditate on it. Just sit with this decision and all of the different feelings you have about it. But then I want you to make this decision from a place of trust and of love for yourself and not from a place of fear. And I said, baby, I also cannot tell you what that is because my place of trust and love is unique to me. Like I want to love you and trust that you will be okay. I might choose to keep you here, but that's, that's mine. And and my fear might be, you know, something like, Oh, I'm going to hold on to you. And so, you know, I just have to let you go. It's like mine is going to be all sorts of mama feelings. So I can't make it for you. And I can't tell you what's best. Like you are the individual adult woman right now. And you have to trust your intuition and yet make it for yourself, like trust, make it from, come from a place of trust. And she really took that in and she said, I can, yeah, I can really feel that. I can really feel that. And I walked away thinking, I wished I would have known that at 18. I wish that more of the world was actually embracing that because that when it comes down to it, 
is our big internal compass is like, is this fear? Am I just trying to bandaid it and shove it all together? Go back to the way things were, go back to the old leadership, go back to the old way that the police structures are and the institutional structures are because I just don't know and I'm too scared. Or do I go forward because I trust that as human beings, we've done heck of a lot of evolution already. We're still on this planet. We could do a lot better than we're currently doing. (laughs) So, so let's just trust in moving forward. So I don't know, that just, that just came to me as we're having this conversation that there's the micro, there's like the world. And then I see it happening in my individual daughter as she has to move into the world. Yes. And I think if we all embraced that kind of compass, right? The trust in ourselves and the willingness to have the courage to do what feels right. See, and this is where I think we're, this is actually the precipice I feel like we're at right now. There's a crack and we can follow that crack. We can dive into that crack and break it open, right? Which might be painful. It might be scary. It might be, but that's what feels right. Or we can go back to fear We can go back to protection. We can go back to our white fragility. We can go back to the places that feel comfortable and miss on such a powerful opportunity for change. I'm just going to sit in that. (laughs) Just like, you know, and, and, you know, I don't have the answers for what that feels like to you, right? You know, we, and just like you said, Laura, we each have to feel that for ourselves. We have to feel what feels right and be willing to face whatever that is, right? Because I think that's a piece in so many ways. Sometimes we're afraid to face the truth. We're afraid to see what we already feel, what we already know. It's right there, but we're just we're just so scared of feeling it. But it is really about the courage to face what we feel, to face what feels right, to face the truth. And for many of us, especially for many women, and definitely for women of color, black women, you know, we're feeling in this position where a lot of things can be changed. And we can't fix the system. The system is friggin' broken. And we need to just smash the system. We need to actually create from scratch. And that means a lot of breaking has to happen. A lot of wounds have to be, you know, brought up and healed. A lot of honesty has to be had about our part in these systems. And I think, yeah, it's it's wherever you are right now, whatever you're feeling right now, I think it's looking at What do you want to contribute to? What do you want to see changed? What crack in your life, what crack that you're seeing in the world, do you want to smash open? And then it's about us all taking action. It's about all of us really moving in that direction of change and not being afraid and not going backwards and not looking back for norm and not looking back for comfort. And I think if we can do this, we can make some real changes in the world, some real sustained changes in ourselves. Yes. And it will take what you're saying. It's going to take so much courage and it's going to take so much strength. And we have to trust that we have that. It's not time to just sit back and put our feet up. I mean, we're here on this planet. I believe that I'm here at this time in history for a reason. I think I came with the skills that I need in order to do the work I'm here to do. And 
that really also helps me trust because I'm like, there's a reason, you know, I'm not going to waste being a part of this time in history by being a bystander, by just sitting on the sidelines. I want to be a part of that active construction of something new. As much as it is scary, it's exciting. It's just similar. It is so similar to a child launching or getting out of the nest. You know, it's like, that's so scary when you've got to go out in, in the world where it's all new and you've never tested yourself in those waters before, but you got to do it to get to that place of maturity where you can like grow and be this person. And so it's kind of like, we're doing that collectively as humanity, you know, we're moving this forward. And I know before you, we jumped on the call, we talked about this beautiful, you know, roomy quote that is captures this so well. And so many people will have heard of this quote and it says, the wound is in the place where the light enters you. The wound is in the place where the light enters you. So if we take that for a moment and think about that this wound that we feel in the world, and especially in our own country here in the United States, the wound of slavery, oppression, systemic marginalizations across all sorts of race, ethnicity, gender, sexuality. That is such a big wound. And we're looking at it. And that means the light is able to come in because the wound is now open. It's no longer closed and hidden. Like we all wanted to pretend, like you said, that the little pretty veneer, we just want to pretend like everything's good. We're all happy. We've We've had a, you know, Obama was president. We're good, right? It's like that level of really seeing the wound and letting the light enter us. I mean, I think that's the piece that gives me chills and gives me hope that we can, because it's intended to work that way. The light is intended to enter the darkness. I love that. And I can really feel, like I can feel a lot of emotion at the moment. And I think it's because, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes ask me, like, where do you start? You know, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. You know, I want to do some, what do I do? And really, you really start with yourself. You embrace the wound in yourself first, right? You you feel the feelings. You allow yourself to process them. You move through those wounds. You own your part in it all. You you, know, you look at how you've ridden, you know, if you're white, how you've ridden privilege. You know, we, we look at all of these things. We do the work internally. And it's not going to be short-term work. And that's the other thing that I think that's really important to address. We are in a marathon, a very long marathon, you know, and not a sprint. And so this isn't like, oh, I spent a week after George Floyd died and I processed and I'm good now. Like, we're not even close to good now. Like, this is deep stuff that needs to be continually looked at continually work through and actions that need to be perpetuating a change. And so I think, you know, it's really just owning that these wounds inside of us, they're going to come up, they're going to be present, and we're committed to working with them. We're committed to looking at the darkness inside of ourselves so that we can bring more light, so that we can make systemic changes that need to happen. 
And that's really the first step. So if you're feeling lost and you're like, I don't know how to change things. I don't know what to do. Well, there you go. Like it's really looking at yourself. It's sitting down with a journal. It's feeling into, you know, what have I contributed to? If you're really working on racism right now, you know, there's some great books. Like I ordered the um, uh, White Supremacy and Me book, which is like a workbook. And it's really like you you go through exercises to look at where you are still you know, contributing to the white supremacy. And I think that's a great book if you're looking at racism. And, you know, in gender, you know, we can be looking at the gender and the sexuality because that is a huge piece as well. And the and really all the intersectionality of all these things. Like, you know, I've spent decades fighting for the rights of women and equality for women. And but, you know, I haven't spent nearly enough time looking at all the intersectionality. So you've got black women and then you've got women of color and then you've got um, you know, Latina women and then you've got uh, you know, transgender, you know, women, and then you've got like black transgender women, you know, so you've got all these intersectionalities that they're all different experiences and they all have different things they face in the inequality game, in the white supremacy game, in the, you know, in the white privilege game. And we need to be awakened and acknowledging all of that. And the more that we recognize it, the more that we let ourselves feel it. Because right, see, this all comes down again, and so many of our podcasts do, to feeling, right? You can't think yourself out of this one. You can't conceptualize yourself. You need to feel the wound. You need to feel the contribution. You need to feel the change. And I think when we do that, when we allow the feelings to pour through, then we're able to make real changes in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I personally, um, I agree that inner work is so important. And I have found myself going into my mind, mindfulness work, into my embodied, like, how do I embody what's happening? What does it mean to really wrestle with these things within me, my own white privilege, my white fragility? What does that feel like in my body? And I've become a really big fan of this um, author, Wanda McGee, and she is a author of the book, the inner work of racial justice, healing ourselves and transforming our communities through mindfulness. And so she's a law professor, very um, concerned with social justice, racial justice, and then also a mindfulness teacher. So I'm fascinated by her and, and her work. She's an African-American author. And, you know, that is what I keep being pulled to do, because I think that in the past we've you know, as many of us as white people and organizations, we've gone to the DEI workshops, diversion, equity, and inclusion. And it's been very academic. It's been very um, much something that we've a construct that we've tried to learn or unlearn and to understand. And I think that that was the challenge is that that we were limited right there. We were so limited by the ability to, um, be able to really bring it into our bodies and drop in and do, you know, the actual work that the inner work that needs to be done. Yeah. Wow. I love, I have to go get that book. That sounds amazing. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be, it really is about that 
that inner work and that mindfulness and that being more aware of what we're feeling and experiencing and, and, you know, how we want to contribute to all these changes. And it's interesting because I've been hearing, you know, I've been trying to spend a lot of time learning over the past month, right? Because I still have so much work to do in myself. So I'm by no means an expert, you know, in dealing with all of this and in being able to, you know, embrace all of this. I'm still just a baby, but I've, you know, really followed so many different amazing people and authors and, you know, black women and really like I'm listening and I'm hearing and, and it's just, it's just such a, a needed change. And I think this is where we ha- we have to start with changing our understanding of the systems that we've been a part of, because in so many ways, it is about mindset and it is about mindfulness, right? Like, the problem is not just the systemic stuff or the actions that we take. The problem is that our thinking is wrong. And until we change our thinking, we can't change the stuff that's outside of that thinking, right? Because we're still going to make behaviors. We're still going to make decisions. We're still going to be doing everything from that thinking, our actions, our decisions, the way we work. And so it is in so many ways about shifting and changing the way we think. And that means we need to understand, you know, like I heard someone today talking about inclusion and how we, you know, you have all these uh, kind of, you know, corporations, all these people who are like, let's, let's work on inclusion. But the premise of that is like, let's like mold you into the white world, right? Like, like, let's include you in the white world, not let's make a white world and a black world. You know, let's just like let everybody be in their glory, you know, and just honor it all. It's like, let's include, let's, let's make it easier to bring you into our way. And this is thinking that has to change. Yes. Yes. I call that white centered inclusion. It's like, no, that's not, that's not what we're wanting here. And yeah. And it's a mindset and you're right. The structures, you can't even see the inequalities of a structure just by looking at it. You have to have the mindset so that you can perceive. Cause I mean, we've all seen all the Twitter feeds and, you know, things that are very um, obvious in my opinion, you know, of a structure that has an inequality in it, but you still will have people with the mindset of, oh, that's not racism. That's completely an overreaction or that is whatever it is, you know, but that that's the mindset that they don't want to let go of a belief that they've held or something. They need to see it the way they've always seen it. So it doesn't matter how much, you know, you show them the structure. It's not going to shift until the mindset shifts. And that mindset's not going to shift until you do the inner work. And so if you're going to do anything, like you said, the first step is start doing that inner work. And it starts with educating yourself, own your education and be able to look for the things that are written out there by black and brown indigenous people that have lived experience that you can learn from. And of course, that's aimed at like all the white people. When I say that is, you know, take care to not just go and expect other people to educate you go to your own, like, what is it that I need? What work do I need to do? And I think that, you know, this is kind of bringing back to the light in the wound no one is going to be able to do the work, the healing work for you as well. Like these wounds are societal, they're collective and they're individual. And the more that you can start to get comfortable with 
the things are cracking open and that these are, and I think we, I would like to kind of add some action steps. I think you've already kind of gone that direction because you and I really, we could talk all day about why this is so important, but I do know that people are asking, you know, but how, like, how am I going to actually stick with this light and see that, that it's important to let this crack open? Yeah. So what, what would you say are some of the actions that people could take? So one of the things I've been thinking of is the courage to have more candid conversations. And we've already talked about being courageous, but really open up. And this is even, we're seeing this in um, like an example, like in your personal life is we're in different stages of reopening around the world. And here in the States, we're navigating the uncertainty of like what's socially acceptable anymore. Right. So we used to have all these rules like this is how it works. You go out, a friend invites you, you say yes, you go have dinner. And now like it's a different way. And we have to actually find our voice and have the courage to say to loved ones, I'm not comfortable to be out on that patio right now because no one's wearing their mask. I would love to have dinner with you, but I actually don't feel comfortable right now. So that's a very like specific example. But that's finding your voice and saying like, this is what's happening. I think all of us have to have very courageous and honest conversations. So our communication skills, it's no more like sliding it under the rug or trying to make it all, you know, comfortable. It's like, we really have to say this might make you uncomfortable because I'm breaking the social expectation right now, but I can't just join everybody because you guys feel that it's okay. Cause I'm not okay. Yes. And I, and I also think that it is okay not to tolerate things at this point. Like, so, it, you know, in terms of actions, right, I think having hard conversations is really important and having that courage and willingness to have those in your life, right? So people who exhibit racism, even, you know, the, what some people say, it's unconscious racism, you know, like they're they're not being outright racist, but they're exhibiting their white privilege, they're exhibiting their white supremacy attitudes, like they're there. I think we have to have, be willing to have conversations with people in our lives to say like, hey, this doesn't feel good, this isn't okay, this is what I'm learning. And I also feel like it's okay to not tolerate it. Like, you know, one of the things in this time with the cracks opening is that first we can deal with the crack opening in ourselves and really look at that, really heal that, really do that work so that we're grounded, we're aware, we've done our own work. Then I think the next step is the people who have cracks already as well, right? Like don't go for the people who are solidly covered in their veneer, right? There's no cracks there. And so, you know, one of the things that has really shifted and changed for me is I've spent a lot of my life being in spiritual communities. I spent a lot of my life, you know, with the whole loving, kind, caring, always compassionate, always over-compassionate probably, like always giving people the benefit of the doubt, accepting everyone, even when they're really messed up or doing really bad behavior. Like I've always had forgiveness. In fact, I was told at one point that forgiveness is my dharma. Like, you know, I can forgive. And I have come to a point in this cracked open time where I just will not tolerate certain behaviors. And that's okay. So I'm giving you permission to also not tolerate certain behaviors. I've cleaned up my Facebook feed. I have lovely people in my feed now. I've let go of people who are racist. I've let go of people who are sexist. I don't tolerate things anymore. I try to have a deep conversation. I try to offer a perspective, but if there is no crack, 
I just don't tolerate it. And I think, you know, this is really healthy for where we are right now. I think there's too many people using sort of spiritual bypassing to say, just just love everyone. Can't we just be one? Can't we just be all unified? And like, no, like it's okay to be angry right now. It's okay to not tolerate this stuff. It's okay to take a stand. I think this is where we have to be. And so that's also a step right? And that's not a step in the wrong direction. That's a step in the right direction. That's saying, I will not tolerate this anymore. This is unacceptable. And here's who I am. And that's a step in the right direction. Yes. I love that. So, I mean, I mean, there's three really great steps right there. One, that it starts with us. It starts with the inner work. Get that going first. Then second, be able to actually communicate consciously. Like this is what, you know, this is what I'm feeling and be courageous to have, be courageous enough to have those conversations. And then, you know, third, be able to set boundaries and say, I will not tolerate. And, and I think that all, if you think about all that energetically, it's owning it, it's being courageous and it's setting boundaries. Like that feels really good to me. Like as you, (laughs) as you say that, as we say that I'm feeling, yeah, really supported by that. Me too. All right. Well, I'm sure we could continue to talk about this topic forever, but we will wrap up for today. So thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. I have an exciting announcement. I'm offering a special pilot program for the next few months to help women find more clarity. If you've been feeling stuck on the fence about a decision or unclear about your direction in business life or your career, I can help. This program will help you unpack all of the mindset, emotions, and behavior patterns in the way of clarity and your wisdom. You get to work one-on-one with me and I am good at unpacking whatever is in the way of clarity. You also get access to my exclusive group of private clients. If this resonates with you, reach out at my website at sonyastatman.com or on any of my socials. Getting clarity right now is an important step to success. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at sonyastatman.com. See you next week.